Tuned into the God Stories Radio Podcast. www.godstoriesradio.com. Welcome to God Stories Radio. This is Session 27. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. Man, I've had a great week. How about you, Mike? A great week. Riding the wave. You know it. Riding (laughs) the wave of favor. Speaking of favor, it was rainy and nasty here today. And yesterday. I was digging in my dumpster where I work here. Dumpster diver. Dumpster diving? I'm not not ashamed. I'm a single parent. I'll dumpster dive for goodies. For a 55-inch? Yes, sir. (laughs) So I open the lid to this thing. I'm throwing away some wood, actually. I'm clearing out some room for a storage unit. And in the dumpster is a 55-inch Sony Bravia. Oh. So I retrieve this thing and bring it in my house and let it dry out. And and I took a shop vac to it to kind of dry some of the electronics. And first couple times I tried to fire it, it was kind of like that stubborn chainsaw, that, you know. You got a prime first. And then mm-hmm. Aubrey comes by and goes, hey, that's pretty cool TV, Dad. And she... Turns it on, and boom, it fires up. HD. HD nice. 55-inch, so riding the wave. Riding God's the wave. good. Yeah, he is. God is good. Trish, how you doing? I'm doing great. That's great. A little stressed out with the law school stuff, but nah. it's coming around. You're too blessed to be stressed. Amen. Amen. Well, we've got a, a great guest here tonight. We were t- just talking prior to the program tonight. I am stoked. And I'll tell you what I'm I'm uh, I'm thinking a lot different about missionaries and and missionary work and things like that. A, a lot of times you just kind of tend to brush it off and think, well, you know, somebody will take care right. of them. Somebody, somebody else will do it. They'll be all right. Yeah. Right. You know, that really doesn't affect me. Right. You know, but I have, I have a totally different outlook tonight, and hopefully you will as well. And Trisha, uh, if you'll just introduce him, uh, I'll let you do that. Sure. Normally, um, we take photographs and what have you and post that on the internet. But with this guest, um, we're not even going to use his last name because he will be taking his family on some mission work into some Muslim, predominantly Muslim countries. And so for his family's safety and for his safety, we're not going to use his last name. So we're just going to call him Paul. And uh, with that, I will introduce you to Paul. Well, thank you, Tricia. It's uh, it's good to be here tonight. I appreciate you um, keeping my privacy a little bit there. Uh, we are going to be heading into Southeast Asia here shortly. Plan on being there uh, for at least three years and uh, three years of a 15-year project. Wow. So thank you for that. Paul, we just really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy and you got some things going on and we just appreciate you taking the time to come by and, and talk with the listeners for a few minutes and just talking before the show, uh, I mean, the hair is standing up on my arms absolutely. from some of the testimonials, and I hope you'll speak about some of that tonight. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, missions is just uh, something I just feel is a part of every Christian, uh, whether it's overseas or locally. Um, but for me, um, I got saved in 96. Really, uh, 
was kind of a crazy way I got saved. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a, an area where uh, witchcraft and Satanism was pretty predominant, and I was uh, partaked in that for a long time. And so when I got saved, God literally took me from, from darkness to light overnight, and, um, you know, from being a Satanist to, to following Christ. Because of that extremeness that I have a little bit about myself is, you know, I stayed up for almost a day and a half and read the entire New Testament uh, straight through because I just wanted to see who God was and, and what he was about. And all the places where it talked about going and preaching the gospel, I never took that as something that you had to pray about, that that was just a command to go do. Like, it never seemed optional to me. Uh, whether locally or overseas, it never seemed optional to me. No, great commission, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, literally about a, probably within a year um, of getting saved, I started taking missions classes at the at the church I used to attend uh, down in South Florida and uh, really just got involved with that and learned uh, about missions, learned how to pray for the church, how to, how to pray for missionaries. And that was really my first steps into it. And uh, in 2000, I took um, my, first sh- my first short-term trip. I uh, went down to uh, Guatemala and uh, went to... Um, in the jungles of Guatemala with a gentleman uh, who had been preaching. He had, even though the gospel has penetrated Guatemala, there's quite a few pockets in the rural areas where uh, there are no evangelicals to be found. So he, um, I just met him at the airport, and we uh, drove out to a smaller airport about six hours away, and we flew into the bush and just landed uh, on a pasture on the side of a mountain. And uh, you land going uphill, and you take off going downhill. <laughs> and uh, we get out of the... Uh, we got out of the plane. We had a generator, a projector, a loudspeaker, and some other stuff. And uh, we hired a guy with um, a couple uh, horses to carry our stuff around. And we just went village to village. And we'd uh, go house to house during the day. And then we would show movies and preach the gospel at night, usually uh, out on the soccer field. Every village has a soccer field in Central America, no matter how small. Mm-hmm. So we would show it and pass out Bibles. And I was hooked after that. Uh, Were you married then? I was married. I just am curious, how do you approach that? To the wife you, you're just like you know i just feel this calling to go on mission work because you're he's packing up his whole family the wife the kids and everything and going into this muslim country mm-hmm. how do you get the wife on board with something like that well i don't know if you get her on board um the good news is is from the get-go she was going to those missions classes with me okay so she was she felt that call and so uh you know after numerous short-term trips after that one time we ended up in uh 2005 we uh, relocated our family down to guatemala <clears throat> went down there to do an internship and uh, we brought our three little kids with us uh, they were uh three five and six at the time and just took them with us just said hey we're not going to know if this is what god's calling to us full time we need to get our foot and you know, get in the pool and swim around and see if this is for us so uh is we it burger king or <laughs> mcdonald's or something in guatemala what do you do with three small kids like that a pizza um, well where we were living there was none of that there was none of that we were out in a pretty remote area we did have electricity and water but that was kind of sketchy usually we only had water half the day because um, there wasn't enough water for everybody in town so we got it the first 12 hours of the day and electricity was sketchy but you know it was good for them to have them out there and just seeing kids uh one they're resilient they can endure a lot and two i think they just home is where we are you know we homeschool our kids and home home is where mom and dad are and so i think that was uh the key with them is, uh, you know, just having a, a good family with them and understanding that, you know, I'm going to go and do what God's called me to do, but I'm also not going to sacrifice my my family on the altar of a mission. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do it the way God has called us to do it as as a family man as well. You know, we did that internship, and after that, uh, I was making numerous trips, both with my family and without my family, back and forth to Central America as well as Ecuador uh, and Peru and. Um, 
we um, went back and forth. But really in 2009, we were really just seeking God, really trying to see what he wanted us to do in missions. And we knew we were going to go full time, but we just we couldn't pin down a place and we didn't want to go in our flesh and just go. And one of the verses that really spoke to me is in Romans uh, 15, verse 20. And it, it, I'm going to paraphrase, but it, it specifically talks about I don't want to build on another man's foundation. And so we really wanted to go and preach the gospel where the gospel's not been preached. And so we um, we knew that the biggest place that was was in the Muslim world. That you know the Islamic world has not really been engaged for the gospel in a widespread. There there are efforts out there, um, but there are right now as of right now there are 193 what they call unengaged people groups from Muslim people groups. And those are people groups over 100,000 people. And the word unengaged is a newer term. Uh, unreached is a, is a group that only has uh, about 2% evangelical, but does not have, maybe has missionaries working with them, but does not have a, a church that can sustain itself and, and reproduce itself with nationals. Unengaged is there are no believers and there's no one even engaging them with the gospel. So not we even felt, approaching? No, there's no missionary. So right now we know for a fact there are 193 as of uh, you know March of this year there will be 192 as we head out to the field um, to engage this people group that we're going to in Southeast Asia. So for our heart, we just like, we need to get these people saved. We need to get to them and share the gospel. And we're not just going to preach the gospel. Uh, it's not about planting churches. I mean, it says to go and make disciples. And that is really what we want to do. We want to share the word of God and we want to make disciples. Uh, we're not looking to build churches. We want to, uh, we're actually hoping that, you know, with the making of, of disciples, we will raise up a house church movement, you know, which really would fit the society that we're moving into. So our goal is, uh, you know, we're leaving, um, we're in the process of selling it all right now, business, everything. And uh, we're taking our family, um, you know, overseas. We've we've committed to three years to start. We feel like the project we're doing is probably a 15-year project. But three years, um, we need to return and put my oldest um, in college. And uh, But how we got there was, a, you know, wasn't. A really easy. We didn't just start praying. We we literally were playing through different people groups on a website called the Joshua Project, uh, which is great to go through. It's got a list of all the unreached and unengaged people groups uh, throughout the world. So it's a great place to go, resource to, um, you know, let you know what's there. So we just started praying through these different people groups, and one just didn't go away. And I can't give you the name of it. I'm sorry because uh, I can't. It'll tell where I'm going to be. It just didn't go away, and we prayed steadily for almost two years for that people. And we didn't do it every day because that's, I mean, reality no, says not. that, you know, we're human beings, and that, that's not, you know, that's not reality. But, you know, we prayed consistently, and then after about two years, we were at a worship service at our church, and we had all the information about this people group there. And as a family, we all laid hands on it, and we said, Lord, we're willing to do whatever you call us to do. We will send, we will spend, we will pray, we will go. But we want to hear from you. We don't want to go in our flesh. We just kept praying, and then I, I just had a couple things happen that really confirmed that we were supposed to move forward. Uh, God really confirmed it through a couple people independently. Uh, one gentleman actually said something to me that um, just shared something with me that was so out of left field because he didn't know we were, we hadn't mentioned to anybody what we were looking to do. And so I really felt like that had confirmed uh, we needed to move forward. So at that point, we, uh, we approached our elders. We uh, wrote out a vision as to what we felt we wanted to do, and we approached our pastor and elders at our church and just shared our hearts just told them where we were at and you know that our heart is breaking for muslim people that you know right now there's a little over one and a half billion muslims in the world and uh, when you break down the amount of uh, population that is and how many people they say right now about 165,000 people pass into eternity every day 
Okay, and Muslims are about 40% of that. So you figure 40% of 165,000, which is about 70,000 people, are passing into eternity every day without the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is heartbreaking. It is. It's big. That just... That is a huge number. That just should not be. In this day, with all that we have, that just should not be. And so, you know, my goal is, is just to engage and do what I can do. I, I know that I, I can't go out and save the whole world. You know, I can't go out and, and, and share the gospel with every person. But I can be obedient to what God's calling me to do. And so that's really where, you know, we laid our heart out with our, with our pastors and elders. And they said, uh, well, you guys need to go and, and take the next step. And so we took, we went a little further down the road. And, you know, we went, uh, we went with a missions organization can't share that either um sorry the name of it right. no i was um, gonna say it's re- it's very dangerous what you're doing yeah where we're going is uh you know one it can affect our visa dramatically um just by doing that and also um literally can put our lives in danger mm-hmm. and so uh, i need to be cognizant of that with my family i'm willing to die for the gospel but i'm not willing to die out of stupidity mm-hmm. um so i think just being a little wise is is important um so we uh you know we're we're gonna be heading out in march and uh into this area we've already been there we've we've been a couple times i've had some opportunities to go short term to minister there and god has done some incredible things uh you know uh, when you're engaging people that don't really understand who god is he will show up in some huge ways and we were um i was there doing a medical clinic with uh, some local people there there was a gentleman praying for someone, and I had commented. I said, well, how come, how come he gets to have all the fun? I want to pray for some people. So the gentleman who was leading the trip said, uh, well, you can. I can get you a translator. So I sat down, and I prayed for this woman about 68 years old and just prayed. She's real nice. And she said, would you mind coming to my house and praying for my husband? And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, what's going on? She said, well, he drags his feet when he walks. So my thought was he had a stroke. And that he was just, you know, struggling to bend his knees and, and stuff. So we get to the house, and uh, we get there, and, and he doesn't drag his feet like he's walking. He drags his feet because he pulls himself along the ground with his hands because he can't walk. So I said to her, I said, how long has he been like this? And she said, 10 years. And I said, oh, my gosh. I, I just couldn't believe it. And I, I looked at my translator, and I, I just said, you know, and I said, you need to explain to him. I'm going to be praying for him in the name of Jesus. You know, and I'm going to lay hands on them. I don't want to do uh, in our holy book. It says in James that you know you lay hands on people and you pray for the sick and and, spiritual and, they'll, and they'll be healed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. So so I just laid my hands on him. I I didn't give him a big religious prayer. Um, one that's not me, and two he couldn't understand me anyways. Um, so I just you know stuck to the basics and just t- told him to be healed in the name of Jesus and and to receive the healing that Jesus Christ has, has given him and. Uh, uh, he translated, and then I just told him to stand up in the name of Jesus, and uh, and he stood up. Everybody says, well, how'd you feel about that? I'm like, I was shocked. I mean, <laughs> I believe that Jesus Christ does miracles. I've seen it, but I don't care. When you see it, every time you see it the first time, it's it's insane. It is insane to see that. I was just, it was mind-boggling. And so, you know, he stood up, and I'm like, well, I want to make sure he can walk. So I'm like, walk. And uh, he slowly just took little steps at first, and then he just started. Then he, he felt comfortable. He's like, "Well, I can really walk." And so he just started walking. He walked out of his house. There were about uh, twenty-five to thirty uh, people um, surrounding us, uh, mostly Muslim, just surrounding us and just like cheering because they knew this guy's story and they knew that he um, he drug himself walk. around for ten years and they had seen it. Well, when you told us uh, before the program what the conversion process is with with this particular you know belief system that it would take something miraculous like that and god sure. knew that mm-hmm. but it 
and still at the same time, that had to have been wild to sit back and go, whoa, it, it was really it was, happening. It was just crazy to see. And I've seen other miracles before when I've been overseas, but you know that definitely was like the top for me. I mean, I, w- I was just like, I'm still blown away now. And it's hard. I'll start crying here in well, a second. It, just it didn't about stop it. there, did it? No, it was it was I, outside. They were they started grabbing me, and they're like, "Will you pray for this guy? Pray for this guy!" And they're they're bringing their kids to me and everything. And I'm laying hands on praying for all these people, and it's and like I'm the, I'm the, the only American. Yeah, I'm the only American's ever been to this this uh, village. And then a gentleman brings me to his house, and he asked me to pray for his wife with stage four cancer. So I prayed for her, and I don't know if God healed her or not. She just said she had peace. I I don't know what that meant, but that's what she said to me. Right. And then after we prayed for some more people, um. You know, I walked outside and, and they were calling us on the radio asking us that we had these little portable radios and they said, you need to get back to the clinic. We need to leave. We have to go have lunch and we have another clinic to do this afternoon. Because they do medical too, right? Yes, medical clinics. And uh, and they do uh, some compassion ministry as far as food and passing out clothing. So uh, we're doing, we're trying to, trying to be Christ in as many ways as oh. possible. And so we're walking back and this, this uh, young girl grabs me and, and uh, she starts calling me sir in the native language and and she's pulling on the back of my shirt and, and i said i what do you need and so she tells the translator she said i need you to come to my house and pray for my mother her she can't step on her one of her feet is really really infected because she has a diabetic infection and i'm like i don't have time i said i'm sorry i said but i have to return and she's like no you don't understand i waited my turn I followed you around town, and I waited my turn. And How can I, you say no to that? And <laughs> it's almost like the woman with the issue, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, yanking on his coattail. And that's exactly what I felt like. So she's leading me. She's holding my hand, which is very strange for a woman to be, even a young girl, to be holding a man's hand. She She's leading me to her house. And uh, and so all these people are following us, and, and I feel like I'm walking out this story in the New Testament. It's just crazy. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So we get to their house, and the house they're built on stilts. So you know, of course, Muslim house, you always take your shoes off. Take our shoes off, and we walk inside. And uh, there's her mom in like the main room, and and she's got like her leg bandaged up. It looks like it's like a child's blanket that's wrapped around her leg. Just went over and told her briefly. I was going to pray for her in the name of Jesus, and I laid hands on her, and I prayed for her in the name of Jesus, and I. Uh, and I just I put my hands up and I said I pulled her up and I said hey stand up and she could stand up I mean she could she could get around but it was very painful she stood up she just looked at me and so she then she put a little pressure down on her foot and I could tell by the look on her face she it was different so she put her again put her feet on again then she starts pounding her foot and then she starts jumping up and down so <laughs> the whole stilt house is rocking back and forth and I look at my translator I'm like we're going down and uh, I'm thinking the whole thing's gonna tilt she's like going crazy so then she tears the blanket off and it's kind of gross looking the blanket and she's like see see and I said I don't see anything I said I didn't see your leg before and I don't see anything wrong with it now but I'll take your word for it um, and she was is going on about how God had had really healed her and uh so that was just incredible and so I, I shared briefly about the gospel and you know people ask me um you know do people get saved right away that way and it does happen but most of the time um they've got to contemplate what's happening and in a muslim culture you have to count the costs when it says we count the costs right. of following Jesus Christ they have to count the cost because their families will turn their backs on them when they mm-hmm. walk out of that mosque. I mean, they're turning their life on, turning their back on everything in their life. Mm-hmm. It's not just an eternal thing. They're they're turning away, and people 
in, in, in our country where it's free to do that, you know, you may get some persecution at work and you may get a hard time from friends from, you know, when you change your lifestyle. But here you're telling everybody that I don't want anything to do with everything I ever was. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a huge deal. So usually they, they, they contemplate it and they really need to be discipled into the kingdom. They have to learn and try to understand who Jesus Christ is and that there is mercy and that there is grace and all of that. And that, that's a process. And just like the story that Jesus healed the blind man and they were they belonged to the synagogue and the parents didn't want to step forward and say, well, you know, yeah, he, he they did agree that it was his son and they did agree that he, he didn't see and he was blind, but that's as far as they took it because if they went any further, they were going to be thrown out of the synagogue. Yeah, and, that's, and they really count that cost. Mm-hmm. But the, the great thing is about counting that cost is when they make that choice, they don't you don't get a lot of seeds that come up in the sun and get scorched by the sun or the troubles of the world. They've counted that when I make this choice, I'm not, you know, I'm turning my back on everything. Yeah, they're in it to win it at that point. You got it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, that's that's really what we're heading out to do. Um, If somebody wants, if somebody's listening and they want to get involved in mission work or they want to support mission work, first off, if someone, if it's laid on their heart to do mission work, what would you advise them to do? Um, well, two things. Um, that's a great question, by the way. Uh, there's a couple things. First of all, I would, um, you know, you need, what is your church doing? What is your local church doing with missions? Mm-hmm. And if you have a missions pastor or a missions person, you, you want to you wanna work under the authority and the body of, of the Amen. church you're in. So you want to talk with them first and say, what, can, what do we get involved in? You know, the other thing is you can just start praying for missionaries. If you know missionaries, start praying, doing research. If God's laid a country in your heart, just start praying for that country and doing research. Um, I tell everybody, you need to go on a short-term trip. Whether you're going to go in the mission field or not, I think it's really great for people to get on a short-term trip and to get out and experience the gospel in other cultures. Because, um, you know, we always say, don't put God in the box or God's bigger than that. But we don't really know because we've never seen it. You know, one of the first times when I was in Guatemala, I remember uh, going to a church service and, um, and the church service was about 20 minutes late. And I'm like, why, why is it so late? And he said, well, you know, the pastor walks about two and a half hours to get here to preach. And, you know, he just got started late today. Two and a half hours to preach walking, and this is on mountainous roads. Right. So we just don't understand, you know, our Christianity can be very easy here in the United States. Right. Uh, you yeah. know who comes to mind is Saeed, mm-hmm. the pastor that's uh, imprisoned for his Christian beliefs. In Iran. Yes. And that's exactly it. They, they have counted tremendous costs. So when you get to go overseas and see that, you bring something home, something changes in you, and you come home and you can positively affect your own fellowship in a way by having a greater passion. And just and it's also part of being that commission, that, that calling, you know, at the end of Matthew, at the end of Mark, when he says go, you know, he's talking to everybody. Amen. He is talking to everybody. Now, not everybody's going to be overseas all the time, but he is talking to everybody that we need to be part of what, God's mission is for the world, and His mission is so that every tongue, and every tribe, and every nation will hear the gospel, and then the end will come. And so we need to be part of that, and we need to be uh, not just part of it out of obedience. We need to be part of it out of joyful obedience. Amen. That we want to do this. We want to do what God's. You know, we say, you know, in the Lord's prayer, it says, "Not my will, but Your will." Mm-hmm. But you know, really, part of praying is aligning your will. <laughs> with God's will Amen. you know we pray is aligning your will with his That's God's stuff you, happens. you can't you, you're not going to move you're not going to sway way. his you're not going right. to move God's will to yours you need to learn part of praying is moving your will to his well you got that right 
So you guys, any other questions? There's a lot of people that probably would fold just on the ride in because I, it, I notice he doesn't say it flippantly, but it's much more relaxed. You know, he says, well, you know, we just arrived at this airport and we drove six hours to the next airport and then we rode on horseback or donkey, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, to such and such. And, you know, I know he doesn't say it relaxed or flippantly, but I think a lot of people would probably fold on the ride in. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, that I'm never going to complain about driving to Miami ever again. <laughs> you know, I mean, geez, what a whiner. Mm-hmm. But um, we are... Um, We're ecstatic. We're the king of the shameless plug here on God Stories Radio. So if you would like to, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, and, uh, well, of course, you could drop us a line here at God Stories Radio at Gmail, and we'll be glad to forward it to him. Tell us um, how they can maybe sow a seed in your ministry, your family. or Um, uh, Usually what we do is, uh, you know, if they want to email to you guys, and you guys can forward it through. And part of that is a security thing, and I'm not trying to be... It's not like I'm worried about getting marketed or anything like that by people I email. But really, I need to know who's emailing us because your podcast goes throughout the world. Mm -hmm. I really need to know who it is that's sending it. And then uh, usually what we do, especially for local people here in in our community in this area, you know, if they're interested in supporting us, a lot of times you email us. I'll make contact with you. And usually we'll we'll come and meet you in person and just share a little bit of story and kind of get to know us. And uh, because for us, it's not just uh, I mean, we're still looking to get a little bit of support to go over there. But really we want to partner with people we're not just looking for people to write Mm -hmm. checks i mean don't get me wrong that's a great thing in some ways but really i want people that'll say i'm part of this i'm part of this ministry i want to know you know and a lot of times we found that when we meet these people people that we don't even know that get our name and we meet with them and they've they're they're at the beginnings of of stage with missions where do i go with missions and just having an opportunity for me to pray for them and to help them kind of move forward a little bit in missions and stuff is just as exciting for me to do that so i would say just contacting you guys you can forward it and then you know i'll usually email them back and um and then uh, once i email them i'll um I will, uh, you know, we'll try to set up a time to meet, and usually, you know, we meet out someplace, and, you know, we meet at Panera Bread, or we meet something there, and I bring my laptop and show you some stuff, and, and we just talk about it. But, you know, we are still looking for support, and um, if you're just someone that's really interested in missions and wants to know, you know, where do I go for the next step, and maybe maybe you're not someone that can support, but you're thinking, maybe I want to go in a year right. or two or whatever. Please do the same thing. Call us, and if I can make time, I I got a month left, and you know my wife's got us booked out pretty pretty steadily. But I can. There's always room at the end with me. I can, I'll always squeeze in some time. So um, we're ecstatic that you were that. able to and come like out said, tonight. In your, uh, in your testimony there, that uh, you do recommend if anybody's thinking about it that they should do a a short missions trip to mm-hmm. get uh, a feel and and see if that's what it's uh, being called to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. We have a, a GoFundMe account uh, on the website. If you go to uh, GodStoriesRadio.com and you click the tab Donate, I think what I'll do. I really, I really feel impressed to do this. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just moved by Paul's story. I really am, and it's not going to end there. And will you come back and give us an update? Yes, you know Absolutely. when you can and when it's safe and and all that good stuff. But uh, I'm going to put a wish list up on GoFundMe. So if any of you feel like sowing a seed uh, into their family, into their missions work, there will be a tab on <laughs> GoFundMe, and you can do that. Just do it through God Stories Radio, and we'll make sure that they get it. Well, thank you, Fritz. Thank you very well. Oh, that's no problem. I I don't. I don't have much. I kind of feel like 
you know, just pouring the perfume over your feet because that's really all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. you know, but it, I'm, I'm believing God for some big things. If He can pull 55 inch Sony Bravia out of a dumpster and make it work, <laughs> out of a wet uh, dumpster, no less. I think. Uh, rain, yeah. I think he can. He can fund uh, a mission trip. A mission trip. You better believe it. And I'm, and I'm sure there's someone out there that is, has been contemplating it, is on the verge of sitting on the fence, you know, should I or shouldn't I and everything else. So as we say, that someone or someone's out there, and I, I pray that this uh, testimony does move them, push you in the right direction. And I know that we are heard all over the world, and maybe somebody's even thinking about stepping out in their own country. And uh, Amen. mission fields everywhere. Amen. Right here in Claremont. And there, there are, there are, and be encouraged. Also, there, are, there are a lot of missionaries coming out of other countries in, in the world now. So it is not just a, it's not an American thing; it's a God thing. Yeah, um, that He is sending people out. It's goosebumps. Somebody told me once that those aren't goosebumps; those are God bumps. Oh, God bumps! I like that. I got them a few times this. Uh, Did you this time around? Yeah. Thanks again for coming, Paul. Yes. Yeah, we're glad you could get out here before you leave yes. next well, month. Thank you so awesome. much. And, uh, you know, maybe we can do something uh, over the Internet the next time once we're in country. And uh, Yeah, we, we have might. Skype. We can so Skype. You can call in and uh, give us an update. Okay. And, uh, All right. Outstanding. We'll get that out to our listeners. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys and uh, really appreciate your ministry. And if there's anybody out there that is uh, feeling uh, touched that they uh, would like to give their testimony – on God Stories Radio, just uh, contact us through uh, Gmail or the blog. Or yeah. Twitter. Or Twitter. Twitter. We can twit, tweet. I'm saying that right now. Yeah. Because I always used to say twit us. And it's not twit, it's tweet. So I got now that I got that right. I can okay. Say it right. Facebook.com slash God Stories Radio. Uh, and then Twitter, God Stories Radio at Gmail. Are you going to tweet it? I am. No longer a twit. I know how to tweet. But anyway, that wraps it up for session 27. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. I'm Trish. God bless. God bless. God bless.